Hello, hello everyone and welcome to Selling You. I am so happy you are here. I am Sarah Mae Dickinson, your host, mentor, sales coach, all things. So, so happy you're joining us. We are the place that you come to to find out all things sales, how you can better improve it in your business, how you can actually make a sale, how you can have a sales process, how you learn how to sell yourself. Say that five times fast. We want you to be able to be empowered and excited and know what you are doing because sales are what will change your business. Today on the podcast, I have a good friend and client, Miss Scylla Marion, who owns Marion Matrimony Events in Texas. She's a wedding planner and a florist. She is amazing. She has really crafted a business on being unique, different, loving brides who are unique and different. And really showcasing what an important decision it is on your biggest day, right? So we all know that a wedding day can be very, very expensive. The choices that you are making are most likely some of the most expensive purchases you've made in your whole life. And there's absolutely no reason to feel like an ordinary person on that day. And I think Scylla really shows us how to make our clients feel comfortable, feel special, feel unique because they are. And they deserve to have that feeling, particularly when the product that they are buying is not cheap. So listen up. If your product is different or maybe more money or you're nervous to kind of hit that number that you're hoping to be at, listen to the way Silla talks about her clients. Listen to the way that she talks about how she positions herself. I also wanted Silla here because she has an incredibly unique perspective on what it's like to sell yourself. She will talk to us about the fact that she was in the military for a very long time and that she obviously was a representation of that. Transitioning to somebody who was then selling herself and selling her business was a really big difference. So I want you to kind of learn what that perspective was like, what that transition was. She's incredible, she's a powerhouse, she's got personality for days. I am so happy that she is here and I hope everyone enjoys Miss Scylla. So when you started designing and planning, to be clear to everyone that's listening, you planned your first wedding from a rack. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And whose wedding was that? It was mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and tell everyone why that happened or how so, that occurred. Yeah. My husband and I are both military intelligent and, um, when you're intel, it doesn't matter if you're guard, reserve, active, whatever, you go places. They need intelligence analysts. And they also need female NCO intelligence analysts. They need someone mm. in charge who is female. So at that time, I was the only qualified female intelligence analyst in Texas. So I got sent to Iraq, like, right after I got engaged. And then my husband was told, my husband now, <laughs> my fiance then was told that he would be going um, like right after we had already set our wedding date for. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't start planning while I was in mm-hmm. Iraq, we're going to have to move the date until after he came back. So we decided to just go ahead and start planning then. And I already um, would help so much with like family events and things like that, that he was like, you can do it. <laughs> I have I'm faith sure. in you. 
yeah, girl, it's going to be great. And then he tells me, you know what? This would be the perfect time to open that business. And I said, look, I don't got time. <laughs> I've got all these kids. I'm already deployed. Like, I just had a baby. My fourth child at that time was only a couple months old. Like, I was still shipping breast milk back to her. Like, she was so young. Whoa, whoa, hold up. I got to interrupt that question. You, you can ship breast milk from a rack? Oh, yeah, you can. I mean, you got to put it on the right plane. You, Lord you have mercy. Me. I mean, Stella, <laughs> you were not that Wow. Stella, you were such a powerful woman. Like, you were such a powerful woman. Like, that statement being said, like, that was, like, nothing. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. You just put it on the right plane. Like, what? You have to know what plane is going straight back to the States and it's not, like, sure. dropping someone off somewhere else et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I went to the hangar and like talked to the people who do like transfers on time. It was a whole thing and only had to ship it for a little bit because she was getting close enough that she could like switch off of it Mm -hmm. um, and we could supplement, but she was still so young. I really wanted her to have at least some milk until she was one. Right. So um, So you have a super supportive husband. You have four Mm -hmm. children or fiance at the time. Four mm-hmm. children at home, including a babes that was still mm-hmm. taking breast milk, and you're planning your wedding from Iraq. So tell us about that experience. What was that <laughs> like? <laughs> it was a lot of late nights because, of course, the time zone. The time zone sure. is crazy. That was so everyone here. Spent a lot of time like in the USO having like Skype meetings. Back then, we still did Skype, where mm-hmm. the service was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Skype with like venues, vendors things like that. And for them, it's like 10 a.m. But for me, it's like the middle of the night. And so um, I'm just, just, you know, in uniform, just asking them all the questions and, you know, um, seeing how we can work out payment. We had to do a few things differently with payment because um, I'm in a different country that every online portal doesn't accept payments from. Like, it's a whole thing. So um, yeah, it was interesting. But I had a lot of fun doing it. I got to meet a lot of cool people. We, I did my dress shopping online and then I had all my alterations done at the bazaar there in Erbil. It was um, so cool. <laughs> it was really fun. There were some articles written about it. Like for- What? Uh, I didn't know that. that. <laughs> They're on the website. <laughs> I have to website. look at all of that. So, um, okay. So was it that you're mm-hmm. like, well, I just did- and maybe you don't feel this way because you're just so cool. And so like things don't affect you in this regard, but was it that you were like, well, I just did the hardest planning humanly possible. Mm-hmm. How, how ridiculously hard could it be to do it at home while I actually, it's my job. Yeah. It wasn't even really that it was more that I was waiting for a time in my life that I felt like I had the support mm-hmm. to run a business and run my household you know my family's going to be first and I still wanted more children um and I had left an abusive marriage and so at that time I knew I didn't have the support that I needed so I just felt like I was in a healthy place Mm -hmm. you know after that to get started and my husband was you know you know him he's still very sleeping he's very very supportive he's my Mm -hmm. biggest cheerleader so I knew that he would have my back and so I just I jumped so you spent how many years in the army before going full-time owning your own business? Um, 12. Wow. 
Okay. So when you're in the army, are you able to kind of have a personal brand or are you taught that the army is your brand as a human being? The army is for sure your brand. Like they tell you things like, you know, the army wanted you to have a wife. They would have like (laughs) issued you one, you know, Um, (laughs) 100% your life, you know, and it was, um, it was hard for them when I started building my own thing, Mm -hmm. um, because it was already hard. I was the first female NCO that unit had period. Um, Mm -hmm. it was hard for them when I got pregnant. It was hard for them when I started building my brand. Like they didn't understand how I want to be anything, but like a soldier, like, sure. What is that? Like every, <laughs> like, job. Sure. every job. Every job. What does that mean? That's like, what are you saying? Such experience. Yeah, they're like, why would you want to be anything but an intelligence analyst? Because yes, oh. I feel like it serves me better because it makes me happy. You know, all those kinds of things. And so it was not a shock to them when I when I did not renew my contract. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. They weren't like, oh, that's insane. How strange. Um, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Rachel. They already like, knew. Yeah. Um, and- they also didn't, they didn't value my family. Um, mm-hmm. And tell me what that meant to Such you. experience in this, such experience in this. Oh yeah. my God. On, on a deep level, they, I wanted to have more children. I, um, but I also wanted to pursue my career. And I, of course, wanted to be promoted and, you know, yeah. have opportunities for advancement, but you needed things that were arbitrary. Like, I needed a physical fitness test. I've never failed a physical fitness test. I've taken a few pregnant, still never failed them. What? So yeah, I just didn't tell them a couple of times because if you don't take one for a year, you're not eligible for any promotion. So if you're pregnant mm-hmm. this year and you missed the day, oh, man. promoted. And there's not any kind of recompense wow. that like I can't do something different. I can't take a different test. But there's no So just because there is a thing in the army. I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise to any woman that's listening to this, but there isn't a thing in the army where you can say, Hey, I'm pregnant. And that like takes you like that still counts. No, the only thing that they do is they don't punish you. They say punish. Right. So you're not eligible for I any, mean, great. Cool. any advancement, but you are so. Which is a punishment. Exactly. But they're not going to like, um, give you 30 days additional duty because you didn't pass the test because you didn't take it because you were pregnant um but I felt like as you said not being promoted is a punishment yeah like if I have a baby every two years for 10 years and I don't get promoted any yeah. of those years that limits my potential you're so five years totally. behind your your yeah. counterparts just, just because, because you want to have a family exactly and, and a so life they didn't they didn't support us well and my husband kept getting um, passed up for opportunities because they wanted him to do what they wanted him to do. And so, you know, we still don't live together because he's missed certain job opportunities. Like it's a whole thing. So I was ready to go. And um, I face a lot of, you know, just with the children and also, you know, I'm a black woman with long dreads. Like it, it was mm-hmm. always a problem. Like a well, beautiful yeah. black woman with long dreads. I forgot that part. <laughs> See, yeah, I was in. I was in when the military approved dreadlocks, mm. and that was when I got them. And it was such a walk uphill. Like I couldn't even just come to work and live my life. They'd be like, "Your hair looks just unkempt." 
it's natural. Like that's what the red <laughs> says. Like it doesn't have to be kept. It's dreadlocks, you know. And as they got longer, and I could like put them in a ponytail, they were okay with it. But like at first, they were like, "Oh, you looking crazy? Like you just." She's on the back of every formation I'm like she just looks insane so the back of every formation all the formations <laughs> you need to be in the back so They're like nope yeah they didn't they didn't support me didn't so you felt me. like your inner self was kind of battling the self that you had to be to be in the army absolutely a hundred percent they a hundred percent wanted me to be a five foot five 120 pound white woman mm. 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 Mm, okay, that's a whole podcast. So I tell can. me, <laughs> well, obviously that's sure good. is. So, sure t- is. <laughs> so tell me when you, because I, I hear this this kind of story from so many of us women who start their own business. It was a world before that where they couldn't really be themselves. It wasn't quote quote punishment, but advancement isn't really there. The options are limited. Your brand has to be part of something else, whatever, whatever. What was it like for you when you made a transition to your own business? Was it a little strange to go into a world where all of a sudden the brand was you? It was, it was strange, but also really empowering. It was liberating. I'm sure. Yeah. It was scary because a lot of that time financially, we had to lean on my my husband um and I felt like I was putting a lot of pressure on him you know to support this added cost of me building this business that he just you know continually I mean, look how much it's grown it's going to be beautiful like you love it like, you know just keep going um I can't tell you how many times I've told him that I'm just gonna quit <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like never mind no one even cares about unique weddings anymore I'm just gonna quit you're gonna close the business I'm just not gonna do it anyway and he's like, Stella, you would be miserable. Mm-hmm. You just be miserable. And he's like, I'm not gonna live with you miserable because you pay. Like I can't. Like <laughs> you need to do this. Um, so it was, it was really scary, but it was also very liberating. Nobody told me what to wear. Nobody told me when to get up. Nobody mm-hmm. told me how to do my hair. Um, it, it was wonderful, and I, I set the terms mm-hmm. of how I lived and what I created and how much time I had with my children. And, what I charged and all those kind of things. And um, it was refreshing. Mm. So tell me what you did a little bit at first. Um, obviously, I know your your brand and your company has evolved. How many years has it been now? Almost five. My God. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're like at the mark, right? Like, I feel like yeah. when you get to the five-year mark, you're like, okay, we know what we're doing. I know what we're doing. We're yeah. real business. We got, yeah. we've survived. You know, we're in the green. Exactly. I think you're pretty good. Oh my God. The last couple of years, get out of here. So what was your brand like when you first started versus now? Do you think it's evolved? Oh, a hundred percent. So it, it had the framework of what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the same ideals, you know, I really mm-hmm. wanted to create joyful weddings for unique couples, mm-hmm. but I also live in Texas sure. and, and um, deep in the South. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're texas. from texas right yeah i'm from a small town in east texas called lufkin that no one's ever heard of and um well texas so is a big was, place yeah but it, still it, that was um 
the community that I knew. So, you know, you generally start with where you are and who you know, and it was hard to break out of that. So I had to deal with a lot of doing jobs I didn't love at first, mm-hmm. you know, the, the rustic wedding for the round you know, mm-hmm. table slices and the mason jars that make me sick, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just doing things to put food on the table until I could get where I really wanted to go. And so um, a lot of things I did in the beginning were just tailored to make money while I built what I really wanted. So it's evolved in the sense that I'm at a place now where I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. And pick <laughs> um, the jobs that you want. Mm-hmm. and be more selective with my clients that I feel like it took more of a mind a mindset switch from I need to make the money to I'm going to make the money mm-hmm. but I'm gonna make it on my time. like I'm gonna work with my people and not just any people so you know that can be a very hard mindset switch what do you think triggered that um just not being fulfilled and just telling myself if you're going to go to all this trouble because look planning weddings is really it's a whole job like yeah oh my sure is deal with so much and so if I'm gonna go through all of that I'm gonna do it because I love it like Mm -hmm. it's like being a teacher who decides to be a teacher because they want to make 40 grand a year no one does that you're right because you love children yeah. And I plan weddings because I love joy. Like it's not because, um, you know, I started off making millions of dollars. That doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> so I decided so if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it because I love it. And also because my sweet, sweet husband said, I will give you insert number of dollars if you just stop doing things that you hate because you know he can see it he can feel it even when he's not yeah. here with me he knows me and he's uh, like you feel like you just feel agitated like you pick up the phone and I can just tell that you are not happy mm-hmm. and um that affects him it affects our children he's mm-hmm. not gonna deal with that so um so yeah you, you know it's funny you say that because my my husband said and I'm sure you've experienced this right because I love being a mom more than anything it it is definitely, it changes you as a human being. Um, and I only took about, and people get really like weirded out when I say this, but when you own your own business, this means something different. I only took quote, quote, about three weeks full with the baby before I started taking some clients back. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking clients back when you own your own business, like you can take back like four clients a week. Like it's not, you know, yeah. anyways, you are not 40 hours. But that being said, while I was super in love with her, And while I was beyond happy and while I was like, this is the coolest thing ever, it wasn't until I also started taking clients back that my husband was like, you feel like complete again. You feel like full you again. And I wonder, do you kind of feel that way as well? Do you feel like it's that part of you that like completes you as a person for your children? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you, you're doing something that fills a part of you, like, just like you birthed your children you built that business yeah. from the ground. Like it's special to you. It, you know, it's one of your little babies, you know, it's not just any old project. You literally put blood, sweat and tears into it. Like we do floral. I get, I have cuts everywhere. Like, oh, I've seen, you know, you, you have scars. You, you did this for yourself and no I've, one can take that from you. I've seen well, that's passion too. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh like, no, I was just going to say, I've seen photos of Stella like underneath tables and like dangling off of ladders <laughs> and like 
<laughs> Yo, I have a picture from two weeks ago where I got to a venue and so the client was deaf, which is fine because I know a certain amount of, of ASL that I could at least like say, hi, how you are do. you? How do you feel? Of course, uh, you do. <laughs> of course you do. I know. I was just going to say, what else? What I else? just know, just a little, like, I can't, you know, sure. we have to muddle through, but I know enough to ask her if she's happy. Right. Um, so that was okay, but her coordinator is more, you know, every language has like, like a slang kind of. Oh, for sure. So in the translation, it got mixed up as to what I was asking for. So I get there thinking I'm about to hang a six foot greenery hoop on a lift. I arrive and it is a scaffold. So I have it over my shoulder. It's about 30 pounds and I'm scaling a 25 foot scaffold. You were not supposed so, to be doing that. You have back issues from the army, Scylla. I know. I didn't expect to though. And I wasn't going to just like not give it to the client. Like you're like, well, we're here now. We're here. Like, let's do it. So <laughs> you can see me like dragging the buckets up like each level and like scaling this. So thing intense. And, like, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And then, and then, and then they didn't give me the right dimensions. So the first thing we hung wasn't strong enough whole thing collapsed and I have to start over like it it was a whole it was a whole thing so yeah I have for real scars Uh, (laughs) yes you do on my back (laughs) so tell me because um obviously and I'll introduce this you know at the beginning of this but we know each other because you are my client I am your director of sales with my company um when we first started together I obviously fell in love with you because you're a wonderful human being and your brand is so unique in and of itself. Tell me, how would you describe your brand to people? Um, I tell people if I had to really quickly say what I do, I would just tell people that I curate joy through weddings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that, that would be the baseline because we do so much stuff. Yeah. If I'm like, well, let me give you a list of all services. We do planning and floral and design and stationery and calligraphy and you know like blah 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 we curate joy through weddings mm-hmm. um i serve adventurous couples mm-hmm. who want something unique and they want their wedding to feel and look like them and i make that happen mm. that's the planning or through the flowers or through the stationery or through the handmade signs or through whatever it is that we do for them it needs to look and feel like them and we know them intimately enough to make that happen Mm. And tell me, because I've witnessed this firsthand, I obviously have some examples, but what are some things for folks that are listening and they're like, damn, that sounds great. I want my clients to feel that way. (laughs) How do you kind of do that through the process? How do you do things like understand the couple so that the things that you are are telling them that are going to work meet who they are? Tell me that. Yeah. So um, first, I just, you know, I just gauge them through our interactions right most of them I probably already stalked on Instagram so I know if they dogs or if they if they cycle or you know that kind of thing and then um I generally at the beginning ask them to go to Pinterest and create a board that is not wedding related but all the images need to resonate with them it could be they may not like being outdoors but it could be like a waterfall because the blue is beautiful and the sunset is pretty or, you know, things that aesthetically please them. And to put those photos, about 20 or 30 of them in a Pinterest board. 
And this is really interesting, right? Because a lot of people would hear this and be like, what? But it could be something as simple as, because I know we worked with clients like this. It can yeah. be something as simple as they've chosen a bathroom that they love. And yeah. to a client, outsiders, that would be like, why are you choosing that? But it represents like the tile shape that they love. And, oh, there's also greenery in the bathroom. And they love that feeling that they're bringing the outdoors in. And they're so, into marble or they like texture. Yeah, they've got plants in and from that. You know, I'll help you understand the client. Keep going. So we Pinterest board it. We stalked yeah. them. What else do we do? Mm-hmm. So um, first thing I do with that Pinterest board is take it, put it in my Adobe and pull out a color scheme from it. Mm. Um, and I look at that through uh, different lenses. It can be there's like filters for like a colorful or like a dramatic or like a neutral and that kind of thing. Um, and I kind of see the direction that's leaning. Oh, we are really into cool colors. We're probably very chill. Like we like things dark like um all that kind of stuff and then I have a meeting with them and I talk to them about it and I kind of gauge how they react to these different color schemes like if I'm like I really think this would be really great for you like a super dark edgy like I see all these neutrals in here very modern if they're like oh my gosh these are all my dreams or if they're like mm, you know we'll move on to the next okay <laughs> What about this? This represents blah, blah, blah. And like, generally, we come to a place where we found their colors. Mm-hmm. I know more about the feel that they want. And they've discovered a color scheme they would never have chosen for themselves because they would have just told me their two favorite colors and been like, yeah, I'm getting married and I want a pink and blue wedding. And then or- just like not really had something that met no. who they are at all because they're picking things that are pretty, but mm-hmm. they don't necessarily see it. And that's, definitely super basic and I'm not doing it right we don't we don't want people to feel basic particularly my god don't be afraid right don't be afraid to tell people like especially if you're in something like a wedding industry right so wedding is a prime example of this hopefully we're only having a couple of these in our lifetime that being said the face that Priscilla just gave me that being said hopefully you know, our clients are only having to make these choices a few times in their lifetime. But because of that, it's a really, really important decision to that client, i.e. things like house buying, car buying, um, you know, things that are large one-time projects or two-time projects are something that those choices are very important. And it matters if you can be someone that really reflects that person's style, understands their process, and can pull things out of that person that they can't see themselves. And in that, we have to show them that we are the trusted expert. Now, I know that you have been working on this on your social, on your website, and on your Pinterest for a long time. Tell me about that evolution, because I know that that has been a labor of love for you. Yeah. Maybe just a labor. uh, I don't know. I mean, I... Love it now. I did not love it when I first started doing it because you, especially like Pinterest, Pinterest is a long game. You will not see results from that for about six months. Mm-hmm. Like maybe mm-hmm. you got to put time in on that. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody has their own different algorithms and stuff. So I had to learn, first of all, to ignore that stuff. Create <laughs> things for real. I want to create things that not everyone will resonate with, that my people will resonate with. If you are, if you're searching for unique wedding planning in Texas, you will find me. You will find mm. one of my photos on Google. You will find some blog I've written. You're going to find it because I spent months, months, years, all this time focusing on 
funneling my energy into creating images and content that my people are going to say, oh my gosh, that that's my thing. So that's, you've that's- decided that the masses mm-hmm. aren't necessary for your business. And this is important for people no. to hear, right? Like they, when we think about our business, we're like, oh, we need to, to get to everybody. The number one dollar amount I hear when I talk to clients that they want to make per year is a hundred thousand. Guess what? Mm-hmm. When you're planning a wedding, you only need what? 10 clients a year for that. So yeah. you don't need to appeal to the masses. You can become very specialized and fantastic on mm-hmm. a group of people and work towards that day in and day out and become that expert. So you realized that and you went after that. Yeah, exactly. And I also realized that saying I wanted to make a hundred thousand was a lot different than profiting a hundred thousand dollars. Mm. Like once you grow your business to a certain extent, the amount of overhead it takes Mm-hmm. to leverage your company moving forward you can profit a hundred thousand and bring home 40 like yes. you you know pretty quickly you gotta, yeah you have to get a good team behind you you've got to get some things working on autopilot which is going to take a whole bunch of descriptions that cost a whole you know a little here a little there adds up and so um and it, finding the right experts in the things that you might not be good at absolutely and not just going for any like guru, mm-hmm. you know, air quotes, mm-hmm. um, finding people who really like niche down and do what you need. Like when I, when I found you, um, I was looking for someone who understood what I needed person, not just someone who did that, not just anyone who did sales, like someone who was going to be interested in selling unique weddings. And that was a hard find, mm-hmm. it was a hard find, but it couldn't just be anyone. I told my husband, if I talk to someone, they're amazing at sales, but I tell them that I don't want to be someone who plans basic bitch weddings and they get scared. We can't work together. It's not going to happen. Um, so I will never forget your posting. So I originally, Scylla is the reason that I started one of my companies called May Wedding Sales. Um, and it was because I found that so many people in the wedding industry that wanted to find clients like Scylla that wanted to work with them also were just like a mom and pop shop and didn't have the support behind them that they needed. And while they are incredible at the creativity, the planning, the everything that they're doing, maybe sales wasn't their thing. Um, but her posting was hilarious. It was basically like, I need all of these things when it comes to sales. I don't know if it's possible that a person exists that can do these things, but I would love to find you. And I was like, oh, I can be that person. That's fine. That would be lovely to work with. My husband told me once that the Lord put Sarah in your path. (laughs) For real. He had to. How else? Thank you, Jesus. Right. Praise him. How (laughs) else would you have found? I don't know. This it was person who gets you so what and we clicked instantly i think i had four other interviews scheduled that day cancel them i was like no <laughs> you never told me that yep totally cancel them. i was like this is the person i already know because i know what i find my people and that's that's what you have to know for your employees for your relationships for mm-hmm. your clients for all of that and you just want to be happy and it's fine to not be somebody's person so I have to learn that really, really early. Well, it's okay. Especially if when you're going after a specific group for your clients mm-hmm. as well. Tell me, because you are incredible at understanding your team mix, because I obviously know your team very well. You are very strong at understanding the brand of your own team as well. 
how did you go about doing that? Was that a gut thing or did you have some trial and error on that? I don't really know the um, backstory there. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of a gut thing. Um, the interviews are probably really weird to the people that I interview because <laughs> I spend more time asking them about like them than mm-hmm. I do about like their experience and such. Cause mm-hmm. I can teach you weddings, but mm-hmm. I cannot make you somebody who will vibe with my team. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't force that. So, um, it's Especially of- for what you do because, and mm-hmm. I know Rachel understands this with weddings, like you're on site for like days, hours, like working yeah. intimately mm-hmm. with people. So it's mm-hmm. not even like, Oh, I have to talk to this weirdo once a week on zoom. Like you're mm-hmm. hanging out with that human for 32 hours at a time. They That's intensive labor. Yeah. Yeah. To to the studio at my house to design flowers. Like we are together for days at a time. Anybody, just so you know, somebody plays the floral order. That's not like I'm going to arrange your flowers today and bring them to you tomorrow. That is a four day job. Mm-hmm. I got to get them. They got to be processed, conditioned, get to bloom. Then I arrange them. Then I deliver them. Like it's a four day job. Mm-hmm. so um I'm not spending four days with somebody that I came back with mm, so true and that's sort of like your mental health because yeah. this is your passion project and you don't need somebody throwing that all off exactly. and that's what's life-giving about it but when someone sucks the joy out of your passion mm-hmm. it's just an unacceptable it's a non-negotiable to know mm-hmm. I and I've met people that I've interviewed that I like I would have coffee with but I would not put on my team mm-hmm. you know um they it's okay to not be my person. I can still like you, but mm-hmm. that, that that doesn't mean that you have to like be on my team. So yeah. Um, oh, okay. So, Mommy can get the box in a second. <laughs> please. That is our entire life. If you can see what's <laughs> happening behind me right now, and I'm pretty sure every person listening to this podcast is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I know yep. that life. I know a baby knocking like, on the door. There's a box. So <laughs> true. Is arriving. Like it's, it's fine it's just probably just some more shears I, I can't tell you how many shears I buy in, in my oh, shears what is it like having your studio out of your house as someone who's uh, sitting in my daughter's play area slash yeah. living room so um we moved to a actually moved to a bigger house because where we were wasn't going to work for the like size studio that I needed mm-hmm. and I had because you've grown <laughs> as a company yeah. I have my uncle like build me a cooler in the backyard and then I have um, my office that's got like my hard goods, my vessels, and then like just some tables that I can fold or unfold mm-hmm. um, to do like the processing and stuff. Um, and that's amazing because you see my baby didn't like run in here and get in the screen because I closed the door. Like <laughs> you, need, <laughs> you need a separate space and I've taught my children that if I'm in my separate space, like you need to not. Um, and they are fine with that because first of all, they can like eat cereal when I'm not looking or like have candy and stuff. And then second so of true. all, second of all, when there's someone here, like a nanny or something like that, who's helping with the children, they have a space for them yeah. to love on them and do what they need to do and take care of the house. And then I have a space for me so that we're not in each other's way. And, but still you're there if there's like emergency purposes. Right. If someone knocked on the door and was like, the oven is on fire like that I could go out there and get it um without having to like rush over from an office downtown you know um and I I needed that very very much and then when you just look at like commercial space the prices of commercial space it's quite cool yeah it was cheaper for me to literally move to a bigger space Mm -hmm. and build a cooler than it was for me to rent office space Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, one last thing before I chat with you about your elevator pitch, because you know, I love a good elevator pitch. Um, you know, snap, snap, because I've been working on you with that for what, how long have we been working together now? A year? year Forever. Um, that being said, so one last thing, because I just, I love this about you. So not only, and I just want you to have to tell people about it because it makes me happy. So obviously you work with unique couples, you work with really uh, fun, adventurous people who are looking for something different. Because of that, we tend to work with a lot of couples who want modern, not um, childlike themed kind of weddings, like really cool Halloween weddings. I know you've done a Disney wedding. What is the process for you when someone's like, I have a theme, but I want to make it like adults and modern and cool. Like, what do you do? How do you do that? Because I'm always obsessed yeah. with that. So um, first of all, I am obsessed with, um, <clears throat> I'm obsessed with, with those kind of things myself. So I do a lot of daydreaming about, you know, um, I, I have a whole spiel to my husband about how I feel like uh, the characters at Disney, like the princesses that you see at Disney World, like yeah. suck because they mm-hmm. look like garish cartoons that are not right instead <laughs> of like the princesses in real life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Disney needs to do better. Like, I need you to actually find a woman with long blonde hair to braid like Rapunzel. Like, that. I don't like it. Um, mm-hmm. And I've spent a lot of time like doing those kind of things for my children for their birthdays and stuff. So when they give me a theme, I normally, I go and I, I research it, I pull things together. And then I, I think about it as if, as if it was like an anime, yeah. because anime, um, it's how Japanese people see themselves, mm-hmm. but in cartoons. So it's got more characteristics of human. Yes. Yes. They, they translate that into something real life. And then I go and pull things that I see from that and like, try to put those images together so like I was talking to you about the modern day Rapunzel theme mm-hmm. shoot that I'm gonna play in. so um because there's <clears> a venue <throat> that you're working at that is a a Spanish old world inspired venue yeah. in Texas yeah. so mm-hmm. you're kind of matching that with a modern Rapunzel vibe yeah. going and they they need content for um you know more luxury clients and so we're gonna create a Rapunzel inspired wedding shoot and so I'm thinking about the movie Tangled and then I'm thinking about how I think Rapunzel would look today mm-hmm. and um so things that come to mind are like lavender uh maybe a lavender dress mm-hmm. with uh lots of applique flowers and so I just will google instead of googling like Tangled theme wedding instead mm-hmm. I'll google like um lavender wedding dress or I'll google like um sun cake you know, like things like that. And then I'll mash those together <laughs> to create my mood and my vision. So um, it's a lot of piecemealing things, ideas that I think work, throwing these out there. Like, well, uh, and, and much like what you were talking about with the Pinterest board, right? Because like now yeah. you've got my mind going, right? Because like, if you think about Tangled, instead of just like Rapunzel, there's also mm-hmm. like incredible scenes in that movie. Isn't that wonderful scene where they're like in the boat with all like the lanterns yeah. and stuff? So that, like you can- on my vision board, like a, a flower canoe with a couple in it, I think <laughs> would be so cute, like on the creek. Oh my God, that's um, right. They're on a creek too. So you yeah. can like pull like different, like just like we were talking about the tile and the greenery showing that you love like breath in the room. If you mm-hmm. take something like a Rapunzel and then like pull other parts of that story into it, 
you can mm-hmm. make a more complete feeling. Yeah. yeah, the Game of Thrones shoot we just did, instead of like eucalyptus and stuff, had like moss. Okay. You know, trying it had to what? I'm it. sorry. It had moss instead Ugh. of like eucalyptus or rustic and that kind Ugh. of thing, like to make the greenery feel more old world, you know, um, harsh. Like, you know, those are harsh times. Like, mm-hmm. winter is coming. I, I didn't Ugh. want, um, I didn't want it to like be gaudy or anything. I just wanted to bring in the dark, real element. And I, I think on the, I think on the content description, I put that I wanted, um, I wanted it to be red as blood and dark as night. Oh. Like, just really deep you know so um yeah I, I pull those things in and I will I will google red is blood wedding like yes <laughs> all my google searches you'd be like what is she oh my god <laughs> there is an author I love the woman who wrote the book gone girl I don't know if you're familiar mm, I love yeah, her yeah absolutely. I heard an interview with her once where she was like terrified that somebody could find like her google history because she's like searching like the craziest things on the planet to write her book and it sounds like yours might not be a whole lot different yeah they might think that I may be a murderer but that's fine <laughs> okay um because I'm not real so it's cool I feel like it's cool I come to see my house and it'd be fine I yeah I like I like stretching those creative muscles and I think the more I do that the deeper I get just the better that they reproduce get really and your clients see that yeah they love it it. so final question because you're just such a lovely human and (laughs) I know you're used to this because I've been working with you long enough um, everybody that comes on, I make do their little elevator pitch because it's important mm-hmm. for us to know how to present ourselves to clients. Yep. And I would love to hear your elevator pitch when you are ready. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> My name is Scylla Marion and I am the owner of Marion Matrimony Events. We are a wedding planning, floral and design firm for unique adventurous couples. If we're putting it shortly, we create joy through weddings. I'm a mom of five, I'm an army veteran, and I have degrees in business, military intelligence, and dance. So I have a very unique perspective, and I use it to create beauty from unexpected or mundane elements. I'm not into tradition for the sake of tradition, so I endeavor to know my clients intimately enough to craft something that looks like them authentically. You are just my floral... (laughs) and light queen of Texas. It's fine. (laughs) I love you dearly. Um, I'm going to make sure we have on our information, your Instagram and your website so people can find you because I know people are listening and they're like, I want her, but I'm not in Texas. You travel, right? I'm going to DC on the 8th. Like just, we were in Montana, uh, two, three weeks ago, like we just floating with your floral. (laughs) We get around. You should have seen me checking an arch, like at the airport, (laughs) (laughs) a copper arch. I've broken it down. I was like, hi, but the baggage got the flip. I'm like, hey, I just need this to get to uh, Montana. What is this? It's an arch. (laughs) Just an arch. It's okay. Yeah. It's like six foot poles. He's confused. It's fine. You're like, it's great. It's going to be awesome. I'm just going to go through the checkpoint. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm like, just take it. All I've got, all I've got on my back is a backpack, but I'm handing him a giant metal like, arc. This lady's trouble. <laughs> this lady is super trouble. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it, it's fine. I already took it for security and everything. Like, it's cool. 
Thank so. you so much. You're such a just, I just, uh, I haven't gotten to hang out with you as much recently and I've just missed you. Um, we're coming back. Don't you worry. And I can't wait to come to Texas for our, our photo shoot very soon um, yeah. that we need to be having for the company. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Hello, hello. Welcome, Miss Rachel. Hello. Hello. Rachel. This was um, one of the first podcasts that you recorded with me. What's up? Oh, it is. It really is. And I'm a breakout superstar. Duh. You just just an <laughs> Oprah in the making. Not a big deal. Oh. That's beautiful. That's doing it. How did you like being on the record? You know, it's you didn't have to listen afterwards. It's fresh. You were there. I didn't. It was it was it was fantastic. I and I feel so educated right now. Well, you should, because I mean that's what we're here for, right? We're here to help the masses just do great things. (laughs) Um, Keep selling and (laughs) and Miss Scylla, who I love so much. Oh, gosh, I've been working with her for over a year already, which is kind of super awesome. Wow. What did you think of Miss Scylla? Oh my goodness. <laughs> she's so colorful. I love she her. Is, she is like, she's, um, I found her to be very relatable. Yeah. Uh, just her story and how she got here that just so many parts of that story resonated with me and, mm-hmm. and my own experience. So I really enjoyed listening to her. And I think she, she's got she's got some power under that hood. She's a powerhouse for sure. She knows what she wants. I'm very passionate about it. So great combo. I think that's why like I fell for her and like why clients resonate towards her so much because she's just, first of all, she just is what she is and she has no issues showing that to people. And I think that's something that I want people to take away. You know, so often when we start a business or when we're in sales or particularly in today's kind of crazy, you know, photorific world, we think we have to be like all things to everybody. And not only mm-hmm. is that just like wildly not true, like you don't have to be yes. beige. You don't have to be bland. You don't have to like not have thoughts and feelings and whatever, you know, you can just be who you are and that's fine. Like, yeah. and be that, own that and be that person and be proud of it because that person's cool. Um, as long as you're not a jerk, which still is obviously not. She's just, Hey, I'm here for this. And if you're not this, that's cool too. I also find her story wildly relatable, even though she was like doing crazy things in the military. Every time she tells me, I'm like, Oh "Oh my God, that whole thing. I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, pause. I, I, wait, I'm not even done digesting the last thing you just said. Like, wait, why are you in Iraq? Why are you wedding planning from Iraq? Wait, like, why is your husband in Iraq? Like so many things happening at once. Like it just made me feel like, wow, your life is so much easier, Rachel. Like you need to never complain again. But um, just, yeah, that is a very uh, unique story. (laughs) I think she's a testament too, to like, we always think that certain experiences don't, you know, I talk to so many people who are like, oh, I want to shift careers or, oh, my experiences don't line up with each other or, oh, blah, 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 blah. I tell people all the time when we're talking to brides about hiring her as a wedding planner, I'm like, who would you want more than a woman who was in the military to be holding a checklist and making sure everything's happening? Like, yeah, that's, that's the kind of person that you want on your side. So like a lot of people would look at that experience and be like, well, that can't translate to 
to weddings and doing all the things. But oh, it's lies. Incredibly important. That's what makes her so effective is because she has the structure of that, right? Like mm-hmm. the military, the structure of the how discipline, we get the discipline and, and, and accomplishing and, and getting, mm-hmm. you know, going through the list, right? Because mm-hmm. planning a wedding is a lot of lists. But she's also, and I don't know that she ever referred to herself this way, but I felt like she was definitely creative, right? Oh, for sure. And she does other people. I think no. that took her a while to get to. She, right. I don't even feel like she considers herself, but because we have talked to other girls on this podcast, who I feel like, like Amy is a great example of this grace girl beads. Like she loved to make the jewelry and then it became a business And the same way. I've like Stella is somebody who was really passionate about specific weddings and it sort of tumbled into creating that revenue generating activity. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yes. She's, she has a very, um, pinpointed idea of like what she's trying to give you yes and she's got this just tremendous background to execute so Mm -hmm. I love that about her Mm -hmm. it's so fun working with her and brides in general um because it's it's it really is she was the she was the client that started my way wedding sales business did I not tell you that I don't know if I knew that so she I think I mentioned like I may have mentioned like her posting on Upwork, but not explain why. So I've been on this thing called Upwork for years. Anyone that's listening should be on Upwork. It is for freelancers. You can make money. Mm. Please do it. Go on there. Make extra Upwork. money. Find your life. Upwork.com. Um, okay. If you didn't know the .com was at the end. .com. Um, <laughs> you don't know. You do know. Don't worry. Anywho, she literally had this posting. I was already sales coaching. I took VP of sales jobs in the background all the time. She had this posting where it was basically like, I'm a wedding leader and I'm a florist and I don't know how to do the sales part. And I need someone to like basically make a sales structure and do sales and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, that sounds fun. So I talked to her and fell in love with her and started working with her and realized much like all of the people that we work with who are creatives, you know, they're wonderful at what they do, but maybe sales isn't necessarily their thing. And, um, you know, I was like, well, this can be replicatable. You know, most, I didn't know this, but a very, very, very large proportion of folks that are in the wedding industry, it's like a mom and pop shop or a one man band. Oh, absolutely. And I just started working with more people that way. So she was the reason that I started that business. Mm. She's such That's a amazing. Um, she's just, she is. she's a lovely human being. So what did you kind of take away for your own life and business? Did it make you think about, cause I know that you struggle with your target demographic is everybody. No, oh, it is everyone's Mac. So, <laughs> so did it make you think about like, you're like, should I narrow more? Do I want to narrow? How do I narrow and still stay with everyone? What are your thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, it's a little different for me because my, my products are not my products, right? Like yeah. I sell another vendor's products. And so while I may be a user of all of the different components of Arbon, that's kind of what makes a target audience a little hard to narrow. So you kind of have to narrow by product, right? So you've got cosmetics, you've got skincare, and you've got nutrition. And so you can Maybe have a target. Like tracks of people? Yes, I was just going to say that. So you can have target demographics within each of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of my... Yeah. A lot of my sales is, is just rapport building because what I've realized is, you know, Hey, you have problems. I have solutions. Like it's that simple. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for a recommendation from someone that you trust, 
it's essentially all that I do. So yeah, I mean, uh, her story really touched me in a lot of the ways, like just, and this is a little bit off the topic, but she talked, we love off topic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When she talked about the army wanted her to be this specific person and they wanted Mm. all of her and they really weren't supportive of, of Mm. family or whatever, you know, her being a wife, her being a mom, her wanting to do things outside of, of the military, which let's make no mistake is incredibly demanding. I'm sure. And I have no military background can only speak to my own experience, but that's a really powerful, um, I don't know, it, the resistance it takes to follow your heart in that mm. and to really recognize, okay, this doesn't feel right. It feels out of alignment. And what am I going to do about it? Like there's mm-hmm. a, there's a really, um, I don't know, like the growth process around that is just, that's where the the big changes happen, where you're, you become so sure of something. And it's those moments I feel like that end up propelling you into what you're supposed to do. So we've talked about this before, but if you're going through the reimagination of your life, do it, <laughs> do the hard labor of it. It gets uncomfortable, but it's a worthy exercise. I also think it's an important rule of thumb too. Like, and I've also had my experience in this. If you're in an environment where you feel like there is resistance to who you are like as a human being Mm, yes it's probably not a great place for you to be long term invest yourself I completely agree and I can relate to that so much and there are rules in your life that feel so right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you are made to do them you're born for those things and when you're spending the majority of your time and your hours um, somewhere that doesn't see that, can't respect it, can't understand it. And yes, there's going to be a rub there. You know, I talked about this with a lot of my clients. So I apologize if I've said this to you guys before, but, um, I always think of it too. And this is more for the people that are listening that maybe just want to learn more sales skills within their own life or whatnot. But if you're in a position where you're maybe working up the ladder or you're figuring things out or whatever, and the long-term you're putting up with a lot of shit in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. The long-term situation has to be worth it with either title, money, or flexibility. If True. those three options, if one of those three options or none of those three options are there or they're unclear, the interim bullshit that you're putting up with becomes much more questionable as to whether it's worth it, Right. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that I always want people to keep in mind. Like when it comes to even your own business, like if you don't have a goal of what that looks like three or four or five years from now, if it's not money, title, responsibility, lifestyle, like you have to know what those things are because owning a business is really hard in the interim. <laughs> There's a lot of things that happen those first couple of years and a lot of things that you have to get through to get comfortable with it. Um, you know, I know Scylla she's at the point now where she can kind of like really work with the kind of clients that she wants mm-hmm. to. And that's the goal for all of us. The goal for all of us is to work with the kind of clients we want to and kind of be in the arenas that we want to. But in the interim, you have to do kind of a lot of, a lot of projects that you might not necessarily be super pumped about. And that's fine. You know, I worked with Scylla a lot in the beginning. Um, and I know she's going to listen to this and laugh because 
you know, there's definitely maybe some clients that you don't necessarily want to work with, um, right. but you right. need to, to pay the bills. I say work with those people and just don't put it on Instagram. It's not a big deal. Right. Work with right. them, do a great job, get a great review. Give them the experience. Yeah. But they don't, you don't need to put the pictures online. Like you can still have all of your photos that target towards a certain demographic or you're trying to get, you know, a certain type of bride or a certain type of client or who, who cares? A certain type of shop. I don't care who your client is, but you know, work with the people that you need to in the interim, but you always have to have those long-term goals either the clients that you're going after or the kind of life you want or whatever. Yes. That's aligning your values with your goals Mm -hmm. from start to finish, like aligning your values with the goals. When you start saying, okay, I'm in place. A is this place serving me? Can it respect me? The things I need to do. And then you get to the next chapter and the next chapter and the next chapter. And where you're referring to right now is again, yeah, you know, there's, there's always grunt work, right? (laughs) Like, any type of business situation is going to, to have its moments and it's going to, and those people that you don't really want to work with, like they are an opportunity for you to grow as a person. They are yes. a personal growth opportunity, if nothing else. Yes. Um, and there's experience to be gained from that. So while it's frustrating in the moment, mm-hmm. there's something to walk away with. And again, when your values align with your goals, mm-hmm you have a clearer picture and a clearer next step and you know what's right, even if you don't want to do it. <laughs> I think that's actually something that she understood, Scylla. She understood from the beginning and maybe didn't even realize it, that like the values that she wanted, you know, like the fact that, cause I've seen pictures from her wedding and they are beautiful. You know, like the fact that like her, her goal and her values were that like your day is your day and you're spending a lot of money on it. So it should be what you want. It should be- right you know, a representation of you, it should be, you know, insert Mm -hmm. thing here, aligning that value with your target demographic and your product line and like what you bring to the table. I don't even know if she realizes how much that really strings align through the entirety of her business. But I think when you do it right, like it really shows. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It does. People get that. They get that read from you too. And that yeah. builds a specific trust and that trust can't be manufactured. That just has to be real. Yeah. And people, people will feel that. And that's what, again, creates a repeat customer experience or yes. a recommendation or, you know, whatever to kind of keep the momentum going, but you can't, you can't fake that. No. And so that's where character and integrity come into play and all those things. And if you're wedding planning, you're with somebody for a lot, it's a long sales process, maybe not the closing of the client, but the overall experience of it. I mean, most people take at least a year to plan a wedding. We hope when we're planning. Yes. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, regardless, it's not a one-time interaction. It's many, many, many interactions all the way through um, to one of the most important days of their lives. And so yeah. I mean, feeling like you can trust that person completely changes the experience. It brings a level of comfort, um, the removal of, of some stress. So, and that's huge. Final thoughts, things you're adding to your world because of Scylla things you've learned what's happening. Um, I just love how, how she just knows exactly what she wants to do. Like, and I think that's something that evolves for all of us as we go through the business process, but there are parts of our business that we just love so much. We love solving certain problems more than others. 
And I think for her, she's like, I really want to give you a very specific, like no basic bitch weddings from yes, Stella. Girl. She wants to give you a specific. And she just want you to feel like a basic bitch. I think that's what exactly, I like about her. Exactly. She's I like, felt you're... so seen. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, were there mason jars at my wedding? There were not, but I was, I was terrified at that moment. I had to really go back. I was. <laughs> no, I was in your wedding. Your wedding was beautiful you were in my and not wedding. basic. <laughs> not basic at all. Side note, your bridesmaid's dress, and I'm going to say this right effing now, and anyone that's listening is going to know it. Your bridesmaid's dress is the only bridesmaid's dress I still own. So no, your oh, wedding is not basic oh. and lovely. Good. I'm Get out of Actually, here. All of you guys looked gorgeous. Like I was like, we're not getting up there. No one's in, no one's in teal right now. No offense <laughs> to anyone that wanted to use teal, but. <laughs> and I, well, and I think, so I, I've learned so much from working with Silla. I think my final thoughts are, I want my clients to feel that way, right? Like, even yes. if like, cause, cause what does basic bitch even mean, right? Like that could be a thousand different things, right? For sure. But For you sure. don't, like it's, it's the feeling that she's creating, right? It's the feeling that she's helping someone feel unique and special during a time that they're spending one of the biggest amounts that they ever will in their life. So, oh my God. Yeah. I think I took that away where I'm like, uh, how am I making my clients feel unique, feel heard, feel like they're creating something special even though I'm doing the same process with everyone that I'm working oh, with. Oh yeah. How am I making them feel different, unique and fantastic? And that is have, something that I will be continuing to think about to try and figure out. We, yes. And the, my final thought on that is we have enough cookie cutter experiences. Yes. Lord. I don't care if you're planning a wedding and you're buying skincare or, yes. <laughs> you know, you're trying to lose weight. Like everybody is different. They are, you know, it's customizable. The sales approach is different for everyone. It's really about reading the room. Yes, love. You're such a lovely human being. So are you. I just love you. (laughs) Um, What a good time. We love hanging out with you guys. And I hope that you learned something today. And I can't just thank you guys enough for accepting us and listening to us and doing all the great things. Thank you for being here. Yeah, please make sure you subscribe. That way, you know, you have your new episode every Thursday, just already in there. You don't have to worry about it. You ain't gotta go find it. Come just show up. Come on in, hang out with us, not a big deal. Please make sure that you um, give us a nice review. We love five stars. If you don't like us, please don't leave a black review. Just stop listening. Just leave. We don't mind. We're not upset. We're not upset. It's fine. We love you. But if you like us, please come back. Right. Um, We'll see you next week. We have some great people coming up. We've been doing a lot of interviews. And we just hope you have a great day. We love you. Bye, guys.